Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Kate Bishop. Kate is a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022. And prior to coming to Darden, she served in the United States Marine Corps. We talk with Kate about her background, how she decided to pursue an MBA, what led her to Darden, what she's been up to this summer, and so much more. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kate Bishop. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Hi, great to be here. It was great to have you here. Uh, First and foremost, how are you doing? How's your summer going? Uh, It's actually going really well. I'm having a really good summer working remotely out of Charlottesville for my internship. Um, So getting a a taste of the virtual work that most people have been doing for the past year. So summer in Charlottesville, nice place to be. I would would imagine a little bit of elbow room, outdoor activities. Yeah, I've been trying to make some forays out into the the national park to go on some trail runs. I say runs more like hikes with a little bit of running because uh, there's a lot of elevation there, but I've uh, been getting out to a couple of wineries, you know, outdoor restaurants. Um, it's been really fun. And do you have a fair number of classmates that are still in town uh, participating in their internships remotely? Um, yes and no. Uh, a lot of people are kind of traveling around to see family, friends, people they haven't seen a lot over the past year. Um, so a lot of working remotely, but I find a lot of people are, traveling while working remotely. So using the summer to get a little bit of the travel we didn't get to do during the school year in. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time out for the podcast. We're going to talk to you about your your story, what you did before coming to Darden and about your first year experience, and then talk a little bit about what's to come for you in, in the second year. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit more about you and your background. What'd you do before coming to Darden? Yeah, um, so I have a little bit of a non-traditional background. Um, I was in the Marine Corps as an artillery officer for four years before this. Uh, Came straight to business school from there. Um, I joined the Marine Corps straight out of college. Uh, I went to GW undergrad in DC where I studied political communication uh, because I wanted to be a journalist and and save the world with my words, Um, which I quickly realized that's not quite how it works when I was getting ready to graduate. Um, So really took a unconventional route to get here and was pushed a little bit by the pandemic, but glad that it worked out how it did. So how did you go from journalist to Marine Corps? What ultimately led you to say, I'd like to serve and not just in any branch, I'd like to be in the Marines? Oh, my dad was in the Navy. He got out when I was young, so I didn't grow up as a military brat or anything. And it was so far from anything that I ever would have considered for myself. Um, But I kind of had that oh, wait, I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up moment as I was getting ready to graduate college. Um, journalism appealed to me, but, you know, I had, I think, kind of the glorified, like, investigative reporter job in my mind, which no one does right out of college. Um, and so I was looking for a job that I felt like I could really have an impact right away. Um, and I had played sports in college. I wanted to keep feeling like I was working in a team and not just going to a nine to five. Um, so I originally worked at, reached out to the Navy and um, didn't have a great experience with their recruiter. So I reached out to the Marines and immediately loved it. Um, like everyone that I spoke to was just so energetic and focused and um, just kind of felt like my people. Um, and so I had my first interview and one thing kind of uh, just piled on another after that. And next thing I knew I was going to officer candidate school right after I graduated. So from Foggy Bottom to uh, where- 
Quantico. Okay. All right. And what was that, was that process like? You said four years in the Marines. Um, where were you? What'd you do? It was great. Um, I was stationed in 29 Palms, California, after doing training at Quantico and in Oklahoma. Um, that's where artillery school is at an army base. Um, so I was stationed in 29 Palms. I did a training uh, rotational deployment to Darwin, Australia. Um, so, you know, not a bad deployment location to get. Um, I, but you hold a various, you know, you start out with um, some like less um, high stakes positions, you know, leading platoon commander, things like that. Um, and then you work your way up. I ended as an XO executive officer uh, before getting out. Um, so really had like a wide range of experiences, but all within artillery. All right. So you're an artillery officer uh, in the Marines. How did you get interested in pursuing an MBA? Um, similar to how I ended up joining the Marine Corps. So I had a, I don't really know what I want to do when I get out moment again. Um, I had been talking to some friends. I had a wide range of interests, um, that had me thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll study for the LSAT and I'll apply to law school, or maybe I'll look at getting a degree in economics or something like that. Um, but I didn't really have a clear idea of like, what do I want to do with that degree? Um, I just knew I needed to find a next step and I was interested in going back to school. Um, and then I talked to one of my friends who uh, was a consultant right out of college. Um, and I, she's a systems engineer. So I'd always kind of thought, well, I don't have qualifications to do what she does. Like I have almost no quantitative skills. Um, and my only experience is shooting cannons. Um, so like, that's not really a job I could do. But the more I talked to her, um, and she encouraged me, she was like, look, you can pivot into this job by going and getting an MBA, like a ton of people do it. Um, and she really just worked on a wide array of projects. Like it, it didn't seem like she was pigeonholed doing one thing. Uh, and that really appealed to me. So I decided to come get my MBA as a pathway to getting into consulting. All right. So you knew where you wanted to end up as you started out on your MBA journey. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, lots of MBA programs in the world. What about Darden resonated with you? How did Darden end up on your radar? Uh, so it was actually the first school I looked at and I loved it right away because uh, I'm from Virginia, not too far away. And so I knew I wanted to be in the general area. I didn't want to go too far away. Um, and the more people that I spoke to at Darden, I just loved the energy. Like there wasn't a sense of zero sum competition. I found like everybody seemed very excited to succeed and, and do what they were doing but also very excited to cheer on their classmates and their peers. Um, I think everybody I spoke to would tell me, oh, there's this other person you should talk to. They're amazing. They're doing these amazing things. Like they're great. You should talk to them about X, Y, and Z. And people were just very helpful. Um, and I didn't find that at a ton of other places I looked at, um, whether that be an actual job that I was looking at going to or like another school or program. Um, and so I knew I just wanted to be in the place that gave that kind of energy. So you come to Darden, you're a brand new first year student. You had talked about being a journalist and kind of feeling like, do I have the right background for consulting and kind of making that pivot? What was it like in that first year? There, we always talk about learning curves here on the podcast. And I wonder what were the learning curves for you? Um, so I think there were two big ones. The first one was kind of overcoming that idea of like, how did I get here? I don't really have the skill set. Like, I don't know what EBITDA is. Like, all my, so many of my classmates seem to come in with that baseline of knowledge. And 
so I really went through the curve of like understanding, okay, I do bring valuable skills to the table. Like the Marine Corps did um, build a valuable skill set in me. It's not necessarily what people would think of as like a traditional business skill set, but it can be very advantageous in it if I learn to use it that way and, and look at it that way. Um, so a little bit of um, overcoming imposter syndrome and uh, thinking about business skills outside of just like, can I read a balance sheet and understand finance? Um, and the other one was actually gaining those skills. So, uh, my favorite class was quantitative analysis, but I think every single class I was wrong. (laughs) So you would, you do a problem the night before, and then you come to class and you and your peers kind of work through the problem to figure out like, okay, how is the best way to do this? And I would always be so enthusiastic about it. And then I was almost always wrong. Like every day it was, uh, but it was great. It was a great learning experience because I would be like 90% there. Uh, and then I had these brilliant classmates and the professor that could then help me get that last 10% and then understand where I went off the rails so that I could do it better in the future and like really understand the way of thinking that I needed to learn. And that experience was repeated, uh, you know, in accounting and finance, all the other subjects that were like a foreign language to me at first. Um, and I think over the course of the year, you really learn to rely on your classmates a lot, not just in your learning team, but, you know, in class, someone always speaks up in finance and kind of becomes the finance person or your classmates have these skill sets that you can really lean on. Uh, and I think Darden does a good job of putting us in positions to like learn who knows the things like, you know, who always has good insights in finance. Like I'm going to text them when it's nine o'clock and I'm stuck on my model and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And they always get back to you. Always. Yeah. People are, people are great. Well, one of the things I'm, I'm curious about, I want to go back to something that you said, uh, because I feel like it's a real thing for almost all incoming MBA students. You get to that first finance class or accounting class, whatever it might be, typically quantitative subject matter. Mm-hmm. And there are people in that room who know a lot about it, right? You can't place out of classes here at Darden. So the finance people, people who've mm-hmm. done finance for a number of years before coming to Darden, they're in that room with people who are you know, earlier in their journey mm-hmm. and just learning about this. Um, how did you work through that? I think there's a tendency to try to compare yourself to that person. And, and it feels like that's not always the most productive space for students to be in. Yeah, I think that two, two things here. So I think one, the professors set up the class in a way that doesn't really make it like this person is, you know, the student, the star student always has the right answer. It's like, I'm the professor kind of hands the class over to that person to teach others. Um, or I remember there were times where I would ask the professor a question based on what one of my classmates said, and he'd be like, well, I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to let Jack answer that, or I'm going to let whoever just, just spoke answer that. And so then it, he, the professors kind of make it, force it back into a dialogue between you and that other classmate, which then naturally gets continued outside of class. Um, you know, during breaks, it was very common for some of the students, uh, whether it was on zoom or you're in person in the classroom with them to take it upon themselves to say like, Hey, I want to elaborate on what I said in class. And then you can have a discussion about like, I totally don't understand this. Can you talk to me later about it? Um, which happened a lot for me. I was very, I was not very often the person explaining something to someone I was usually being explained to. Um, but I also found, you know, I think that was a big change for me in having work experience before coming to get my MBA 
because the Marine Corps is like a constant series of experiencing failures. Um, you're almost never going to succeed at something right out of the bat. Uh, you can always plan something and then it's going to go wrong inevitably and you have to figure it out. Um, and you have to do that by leaning on the people that you work with. Um, and so I think that primed me really well to kind of come in and say, I'm just here to learn and ask questions. Um, and that was really, I think the attitude that helped me succeed first year is not being afraid to raise my hand and say, I have no idea what's going on. Like whether that's in class or in the group chat, like, Hey, I don't understand the model for tonight. Like, can anybody hop on zoom to help? Um, there were tons of those like informal people sending out messages and saying, I'm lost. Like can, who can help me? And then someone will respond and say, I can get on zoom at six o'clock. Like here's an invite. Anybody that needs help get on. Well, you mentioned working through imposter syndrome and I wonder what, was there a moment or were there a series of moments uh, where you felt like you turned the corner on that or you, you kind of broke through that feeling of, you know, I'm not sure I belong here to actually realize that you add value and you, and there, you are here for a reason. You earn the seat in the class and, and all of those things. Yeah. So there were a couple of things that helped me with that. Um, one, I had some classmates reach out, um, which I was totally blown away by this. Um, I, I made some comments in, in a class um, and I actually had classmates like reach out and say like, Hey, that was really great. Like, I, I love that. Like you really helped me see it in a new light. Um, and then I also had, um, you know, peer, we have some classes where you get peer feedback, um, after you do either a negotiation exercise or some kind of team event, um, and getting the feedback from there, it, you get both what you need to work on, but people also call out and say, Hey, you do these things really well. Um, and that kind of helped me see the skill set of, okay, I might be really nervous to talk in class and I might feel like I'm saying things that totally don't make sense um, or I'm asking what I feel like are dumb questions. But what my peers are seeing is someone who's not afraid to ask the question like that other people are, other people are thinking of, like portraying confidence. Um, and I think that helped me feel a lot better about what I brought to the table. Like I'm never going to be the person explaining the balance sheet to somebody else or like walking someone through a beautiful finance model, but I can help with the skills that I do have. No, I appreciate that. I, I always, always enjoy the examples of students reaching out to each other or offering help or positive reinforcement. I think it's great for people to hear on the podcast because we talk about it all the time as you know, part of the culture and the community here at Darden, but to actually have a student share that, yes, this does happen. This isn't mm -hmm. just something, something we talk about. I think, that's, I think that's great. So um, what are you doing this summer? You mentioned coming to uh, school with this idea of getting into consulting. Uh, what are you up to this summer? Yeah, so um, I managed to get an internship with McKinsey in DC for the summer. So I'm working in management consulting uh, and I'm absolutely loving it. I am about I think about five, five or six weeks in, I've kind of lost count. Um, and I just feel like I really fit in and, and it's kind of an extension of Darden. Like I'm getting really great feedback and coaching from my, my coworkers and my managers. Um, but also the skills that I do, do bring to the table are very valued and like, it's very strengths-based. So I'm being put in positions to like improve on those strengths, but also learn on the things that I need to. And so, you know, you had gone through this whole process. You showed up here at Darden with the idea that you wanted to get into consulting. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the recruitment experience, uh, the effort 
and all the hard work that goes into that? Because I think that's oftentimes one of the things prospective students want to know a little mm -hmm. bit more about it. I mean, it happens quickly. You start almost uh, as soon as you get here and then mm -hmm. you just you just keep working, networking, different things. So what did it look like from your from your end? Yeah, so I will caveat this with saying I had a little bit of a, an odd experience since I was part of the Section J. Um, so I did not start business school until January, but or I didn't start classes until January, but we were recruiting before then. So it was a bit of an odd experience of recruiting when I didn't even know the most basic business things. But I think that that even more cemented why I, like that I made the right decision in coming to Darden because um, primarily through the DMA, I got connected with a ton of second years who you know sat me down did endless cases with me, um, mock behavioral interviews, talk to me about their jobs in marketing or consulting or whatever else they were working in. Um, and really helped me A, decide that consulting was where I wanted to be and B, prepare for that rigorous interview process. Um, and then also you're, you're assigned a second year coach um, who for me ranged from everything for, uh, you know, talking me through my nerves before an interview to like, helping me knock out my cases. Um, and so you're given a ton of resources during this very, very stressful time. Um, and I don't want to downplay that. Like it's extremely stressful. You're basically constantly pitching yourself, constantly networking, and you're having great conversations. But I felt for me, there was always that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, what if I don't, if I don't get an internship? Like what if none of these come, like none of these actually produce an internship at the end of all of this? Um, and I talked to one of the career coaches about halfway through who kind of was like, you know, like, obviously we want you to get an internship. We want you to succeed, but like, it is not the end of the world. If you don't get your dream internship, like the, the first year, like there's always second year recruiting, you know, obviously that's not the goal, but I felt like Darden did a good job of putting it in perspective through the second year coaches, through, um, the, like faculty, like Christy and Jeff Tang of uh, just kind of saying like, you know, this is not the end of the world. Like we believe that you're going to succeed, but even if you don't get like exactly what you want, like it's going to be okay. And just we like to help people keep track of all the acronyms on the, on the podcast. DMA is the Darden Military Association. Um, yes. You mentioned being a Marine, a Marine and uh, was the DMA, you know, a resource that you sought out as a prospective student? It sounds obviously like you've leveraged it as a current student. What has the, the DMA meant to you as, as part of your MBA journey? Yeah, um, I spoke to one person when I was doing my kind of like pre-application um, networking to, to talk to prospective students. Um, but I didn't really get super involved until I was actually here. Um, it's just been a really great community of like vets trying to like help each other out. Um, so whether that's, you know, some well-timed like jokes on the group chat, uh, when everybody's going through, like feeling super stressed out about, um, recruiting or posting about opportunities that we found out about, um, everything from, Hey, make sure that you sign up for this conference and that conference, um, to you get, um, so I got an actual like DMA mentor, for the uh, recruiting process, but I had other people reach out and kind of become informal mentors to help me through the process. Um, so there were actually two second years from the DMA that I think I worked with like every other week leading up to my interviews, um, doing both cases and just asking questions and mock behavioral interviews. 
And it's just such a huge resource for like helping people pivot because so many, like we're all coming from backgrounds where most of us have never seen a balance sheet or like built a financial model. Like we don't know any of this stuff. Um, and so it's a group of people who are like paving the way for those who come after them. Um, and I found that all the second years are really supportive of the first years. Um, and I honestly think that that's like what got me through recruiting. Well, one of the things I appreciated uh, that you mentioned when you're talking about your, your internship search is that, you know, it, it can be you know, this whole job search process. You have two years when you're an MBA pro- in an MBA program. There's so much energy uh, focused on that internship. But we've talked to a bunch of people here on the, on the podcast who've gone through what's called re-recruiting or second year uh, recruiting. They're great opportunities there. Companies are hiring uh, for obviously full-time positions mm-hmm. at that point. Um, but it, it is worth sort of keeping that perspective in mind as you start down this path that, it, that you don't have to accomplish it all in, in your first year as an MBA student. Yeah, absolutely. I have I have classmates now who um, are considering recruiting for a completely different industry second year than what they um, had as an internship in their first summer. And it's, it's really just an environment that encourages you to like go learn about what you might be interested in because when else are you going to have an opportunity to both work in jobs and talk to so many people who have different roles uh, before you need to commit to anyone. It also makes sense if you kind of think about the internship as a test drive, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're there, you're, you know, in your mind, working at that company might look a certain way, but then you get there, you spend, you know, a few months, you're working, mm-hmm. and sometimes people discover, maybe this isn't what I want to do, or maybe I just want to see what else might be out there. Or maybe, you know, I, I've discovered this thing that I did not realize I was interested in as I began down this, this path. Um, and so, there's, there's always space for, for all of that. Um, and the internship mm-hmm. is just part, part of a process. So um, I, th- I think it's a useful thing for prospective MBA students uh, to hear because I, I, do, I do oftentimes feel like there's a lot of pressure put on that internship and you got to keep that, that bigger picture in mind. Well, let's talk about your second year and what you're looking forward to. So uh, you got a little bit longer till, till school kicks off, um, got a little bit of time here, but what are you looking forward to in, in your second year? of the program? I am really looking forward to my electives. Uh, So for a little bit of context, your first year is pretty much all core. um, So you're not choosing which classes you take. And then your second year is pretty much all classes that you choose. Um, And you go through this process called bidding where you have a certain amount of points and you, uh, you know, choose which classes you want to put most points in to try to get into. Um, and I'm very excited because I got into um, Ed Freeman's class on philosophy and business, which um, is supposed to be amazing and is also pretty hard to get into. Um, so I got into that one, a couple of others um, from professors that I really liked my first year. Um, I signed up for their electives just because I loved being in class with them. Um, and then there are a few other classes. Like I know that I have an interest in sustainability. Um, and Darden had, I think, four or five electives around sustainability, and I got into two of those. Um, so I'm just really excited to both get more time with the professors who really positively impacted me first year, um, and then also explore more in depth the things that I'm really interested in. And do you have any extracurricular activities uh, ongoing? That's a that's something that we oftentimes will hear about from second year students who come on the podcast. It feels like they're getting more active, more involved uh, with some of the clubs and organizations. Yeah, um, I 
So I did the thing first year where I got overly excited and I joined a ton of clubs, which I think so many people do. Um, and so it's kind of when I'm down to the one that I really focus on is building goodness in April, which is a club that works with this foundation called building goodness foundation here in Charlottesville. And essentially community members get nominated, um, by other people in their community to have their houses worked on. Um, and it's usually people who can't afford things like a roof repair or wall repairs or whatever else they need, um, for their house. Um, and this past year, I, I, you know, I did the spring build. I wasn't even in Charlottesville yet. I drove two hours from Chesapeake to participate in it. And it was a wonderful experience. I used power tools for the first time. Um, amazing vote of confidence from the contractors just handing me those and walking away. Um, and so then in the fall build, I volunteered to lead the DMA house. Um, so different clubs sometimes get assigned um, a, a, note, a house for those club members to work on. Um, and for the DMA one, the house needed extensive repair. Uh, the roof was falling down. Um, you know, the external walls were chipping away. There was a lot of damage. Um, and so we actually, instead of just doing one weekend, which is typical, did three weekends of work. And the owner of the house is amazing. His name is Raymond. Uh, he would work with us, tell us stories. Um, you know, we'd sit down and have lunch together. And it really made me feel connected to the community in a way that I don't, I honestly don't think I've ever felt like that connected to anything. You know, we would volunteer in college. My sports team would, you know, go do something for a day, but you show up, you do some volunteer work and then you leave. Um, so what I really liked about this experience was I actually built a relationship with the person. Um, and it's in a neighborhood that I drive by all the time. Um, and, and it's just like, a really great way to connect to the community and feel like you're giving back. Um, and I had a great time while doing it, working with people. Well, I'm so glad we have an opportunity to talk about build, building goodness in April here on the podcast, because oftentimes prospective students will ask about how Darden students get involved in the local Charlottesville community. Um, they hear, uh, you know, about all the clubs and organizations, but want to know about, is there an opportunity to, to get involved off grounds? And I, I think of that as one of the one of the organizations that's really doing, doing a lot in, in the community. I also think um, something I want to give a shout out to that I'm not participating in, but a lot of my classmates are, um, is an elective you can do second year where you actually go teach at a local correctional facility um, and you teach basic business skills to help with recidivism rates. Um, and I have, I think, four or five classmates that are participating in it, uh, and they're all very excited. And I heard great things about it from second-year coaches. Yeah, we've had Greg Fairchild on on the podcast. He's talked about the the prison program, um, and it just, I mean, sounds incredible. And every student who's participated in that, who's come on the podcast, has talked about it as one of like really the defining experiences they've had in an MBA program. Something that has fundamentally changed them. In, in the best possible way for, for the rest of their life, um, which I think talking with Greg, he would say is, is part of the aspiration for the class, right? You, uh, to put people in this environment and kind of get outside of their own experience and um, make them think about the world a bit too. Well, Kate, um, we always ask the, last, the same last question of all of our podcast guests. Um, wonder if you have a piece of advice uh, tip that you would share with our prospective student listeners here? Yeah, I think it would be to not discount the skills that you bring to the table. Um, and this kind of goes back to the imposter syndrome of 
everyone at Darden is so different and that's what makes Darden great and what has made my learning experience so great. I work with people who were in everything from the fashion industry uh, to professional athletes uh, to, you know, professional accountants. And I've learned something from every single one of those people. Um, and your skill set is, is not going to be any different. So I think just coming in with an open mind um, and ready to bring whatever you can bring to the team um, and not feel like less prepared than your classmates, just because maybe you don't know how, you don't know what a balance sheet is or what EBITDA is ahead of time. I love that point. And one of the things that we talk about a lot as admissions committee members is, you know, we are really thinking about the class and the classroom environment and the perspectives that, that are represented there, the experiences. We want as much difference as possible in, in those rooms because it makes for a much richer conversation because not only does your background experience inform your learning experience, it also informs the learning experience of your classmates because of the participatory nature uh, of, of Darden. Uh, and so um, I appreciate appreciate that point um, and that everybody brings something to the table. Well, Kate, good luck finishing up your, your internship and um, enjoy the, the last few weeks of, of summer you have before the start of school and, and best of luck with your second year. Thank you, I'm sure I will. And that was my interview with Kate Bishop, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2022. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.